Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to today's episode. Do it now for your life. A few weeks ago, we spoke about do it now for your business. And today, we're going to apply the same powerful principles to your life. You know, none of us is guaranteed tomorrow, and it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, and, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, putting things on the long fingers, my mother used to say. Unfortunately, sometimes there is no next time, and time simply runs out. And that's why we should do it now. We want to build a strong business, but also cherish and make the most of the time spent with the ones we love, doing the things we love. And that's Ultimately, what living the good life is all about and what It's a Good Life podcast is all about. So we're going to cover three points for you today, as we typically do. We're going to delve into the procrastination principles. We're going to talk about the magic moments, and we're going to talk about now and what it stands for, no other way to go. So let's talk about the procrastination principles. Now, I'm actually going to do an entire episode on procrastination. And we're going to get into the real psychological balance behind it, that it's, it's actually not typically perfectionism, but it's actually fear manifesting itself as perfectionism. But we're going to talk about the applications of procrastination today. The first one is, I have all the time in the world. Now, nobody actually says that, but people act like that all the time. My great mentor, Ogmandino, said, failures act as if they had a thousand years to live. Now, again, we don't use the word failures today in in our culture, but the fact of the matter is we'd certainly say people who are not succeeding or underperforming or definitely people who are caught up in procrastination act as if they have a lot more time than they do. You know, the great Louis Armstrong, the great Satchmo, as he was called, in 1969 for a James Bond movie, in fact, it was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, it was the last time he recorded in a studio. And the song he recorded was, I Have All the Time in the World. It was interesting that he didn't live to see the song published. Now, <laughs> irony meets its match, and facts are often stranger than fiction. But you don't have all the time in the world. I don't have all the time in the world. Anyone who's ever had bad diagnosis, when you come face to face, you know, I think as human beings, we are actually predisposed to ignore and reject in our psyche end of life. That's why they're like people who work in hospice and things like that. That is a spiritual gift to me. Those people are angels amongst us. The fact that they can work hospice and be around death all day long, but help people die with dignity. That, that to me, anyone who works in that type of work is an angel amongst us because it's contrary to how human beings typically function. We kind of ignore it. And so when you do have a situation where someone passes away or something like that hits you all of a sudden, It just brings things into perspective. Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, said, one day you'll wake up and there won't be any more time to do the things you want to do. Do it now. So apparently Paolo was talking about do it now long before I was. One of my favorite anonymous quotes says, do it now, sometimes later becomes never. So we don't have all the time in the world. The next procrastination principle is I'm going to live forever. You know, we know that's not true, but we see ourselves... You know, when I when I look in the mirror in the morning, I don't see myself as the 56-year-old Brian Buffini who's been around the world a bunch of times. I kind of see myself 
in a different era. You know, I shave my face, but I, apparently I'm not looking at my face. I, I'm seeing an image of myself. And, you know, that's why you sometimes get frustrated. I, I get frustrated on the golf course because I don't practice hardly at all. I'm not taking many lessons these days. I play once in a while. And I'm frustrated on the golf course because I'm remembering how I was when I was 16 or 18 or 21 years of age when I was shooting par or better. And there's nothing I've done in any last 10 years that would be deserving of that type of golf. But what happens is it's this I'm going to live forever mentality. I'm stuck in the moment. And we knew there was a brilliant book, a best-selling book written by Bonnie Ware years ago, an Australian lady. And she was one of these palliative care nurses, right? And so she would interview people in the last days of their life. And she dictated all and put together all her findings and kept journals and then wrote this book, which became a huge bestseller called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And the top five regrets of the dying were, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the one expected of me. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Crazy. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends better. I wish I had let myself be happier. And, you know, we're busy, busy, busy. And what are we busy sometimes with? You know, I said to somebody in a meeting here the other day, you know, this is not life or death. But everyone around it, including me, is acting like it's life or death. This isn't life or death. The only thing that's life or death is life or death. The artist Andy Warhol said, the idea is not to live forever, but to create something that will. Albert Einstein said, the best preparation for the future as to live as if there's none. Well, he was a sharp cookie. He did more than quantum physics, that fella. The next dynamic of procrastination is called destination thinking. And destination thinking is something I've certainly fallen prey to in the past. And it's a phrase that comes out of our mouth or it's in our subconscious mind that says, once I, once I do this, then things will be good. Once I hire this new leadership team, things will be great. Once I make 300,000, my life will be better. Once I lose the 20 pounds, once I, once I. There's a a great website called verywellmind.com. And it actually talks about this destination thinking. It actually classifies it as destination anxiety. And it's the belief that happiness is waiting for you at some point in time in the future when you attain something or become something whether it's a new job, a relationship, some some possession you want. So what it leads to is dissatisfaction with your current life and a constant yearning for something more, which causes stress and anxiety. And it's once I thinking. And again, what does that produce? A procrastination, because it's built on this destination thinking. Like I mentioned, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. But just to touch, I know a lot of people struggle with this. Like we just launched this magnificent Do It Now campaign. And I'm looking at the resources and the tools. And sure enough, I was at an event here in Anaheim recently. This person says to me, you know, I saw this one e-report to say this. And, uh, you know, is yellow the really color of older people who are thinking about downsizing? And just, I had a chance and the person asked the question. I lovingly did it, but I said, "Um, let me ask you the question. I said, "Uh, what are you fearful of? Are you afraid if you send this out that people are going to judge you? Are you afraid if you send this out that people are going to think less of you? And this person had all this fear in their mind. And what it caused them to do is not send out the marketing pieces, not send out the e-reports, not post the infographics. And by the way, not have any sales and not have any customers. And 
A lot of times people live in this fear of what people are thinking of them. And as we find out later in life with the five regrets of the dying, people weren't thinking about you at all. Or they certainly weren't thinking what you were thinking. And now what happens is, and the great cruelty of this, is sometimes people are very judgmental of other people's, maybe their appearance or whatever else, and they then ascribe that same judgment to themselves. Everybody must be thinking this of me. And they're not. They're not at all. And so procrastination, there's nothing in the world has ever been benefited by procrastination. Ben Franklin said, you may delay, but time will not. Uh, Victor Kayam, who's a famous, famous entrepreneur, said procrastination is opportunity's assassin. Napoleon Hill said, don't wait. The time will never be just right. We'll have future episodes on that here sooner than not. We won't be procrastinating on that, I promise you. But the last of the procrastination principles is the paralysis of how. Now, a lot of times this comes along right after somebody sets a goal. So we started the year off with ready, set, goal, and we talked about how to set smart goals. We then followed up a couple of weeks later on how to be a goal getter. And I introduced you to the Lou Tice methodology of goal setting. And what happens is if you went to the It's a Good Life website and downloaded the resource on how to do that type of goal setting, the thing that paralyzes people is how am I going to do that? You know, I shared with how I was setting a goal, how I, I wanted to have this big family reunion and go home to Ireland and get all my brothers and sister together and, and everyone to meet my wife and my firstborn kid. And, and I put it on a, an American Express card. And it's, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Here's what happened. I acted decisively. I put the trip, I booked the trip, I put it on an American Express card. I had a short amount of time to pay it off. Now, what happens is, when you make decisions like that, the how comes. It how comes because you're looking for it. You're actually trying to, as when people get focused on how, it's another opportunity for paralysis, paralysis of analysis, and then ultimately it's another form of procrastination. John F. Kennedy, the greatest goal ever given to a country. We're going to put a man on the moon, bring him safely to earth by the end of the decade. That was the famous speech given at Rice University. At the time, America had not launched any type of unmanned rocket or manned rocket of any sort in the air without it blowing up, let alone return it to the ground, let alone let it dock on the moon, let it alone have another part of the spaceship orbit in Earth and then go rejoin it and then land and then go into the Indian Ocean. And as many of you know, and if you've never heard it, my favorite all-time moment as a seminar speaker, presenter, broadcaster was the chance in 2002 to interview the great Neil Armstrong. We actually recorded in a very early episode, 164, and it's absolutely my all-time favorite interview. One of the things about it is when Kennedy made the speech, he didn't know how. The engineers didn't know how. Nobody knew how. But when the goal was established, how came into sharp focus. That's how you need to do it. That's how you need to do it. I'm going to set the goal. It's going to be a motive. It's going to be clear. It's going to be in front of my eyes. And then I'm going to figure it out. That's the opposite of procrastination. Psychologist Barry Schwartz, Paradox of Choice. It's a TED Talk. You might definitely want to check this out. And he said, more choice might mean better results, but also means more anxiety, indecision, analysis, paralysis, and dissatisfaction. James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, said, most of the time you don't need more information. You just need more courage. And the great Mark Twain said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. So we talk about the five procrastination principles. I have all the time in the world. I'm going to live forever. Destination thinking, the action of procrastination itself, and the paralysis of how. 
The second aspect of Do It Now For Your Life is the magic moments. This is a very personal story for me, and I wish I didn't have to have this tough experience to have the ultimate wake-up call, but I did. Two things happened in the summer of 2022. I got a bad diagnosis, which at the time the doctors thought was more severe than it turned out to be. They told me I had cancer in my colon. I ended up going having surgery. You know, and I had to sit down with the family and, you know, all my kids and all that stuff, get my affairs in order. And anyway, thank God I ended up, some brilliant surgeons who were able to use some pretty advanced technology. They were able to remove these tumors. And it turns out somehow we got a false positive. They were benign. But I went through that whole process. So I learned a big lesson without having to have the experience that many of you and your loved ones have had. But it was definitely a wake-up call. And then shortly after that, uh, my father-in-law passed away. And my father-in-law was very, very special and still is a very special man to me. Jim Robinson spent 24 years serving his country in the Air Force. Grew up African-American gentleman in inner city Pittsburgh. His father was a lot older than him. He was the youngest of 10, 12 children. You know, Jim was 17 when his dad passed away. Had to try to help provide for the family a week later. He was in recruitment office for the Air Force. And a month after that, he was in Thailand. So not only did he serve his country, he then spent 40 years in the American Legion helping military guys of all sorts. He was the guy you wanted as your neighbor. He was the guy you wanted as a friend. He was the guy you wanted as your family member. He was the glue to his whole family. He was a mentor to me. I loved that man dearly. And he loved his faith. He loved his country. He loved his family. And he loved the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a chance to do his eulogy at his funeral. And while all the family was there and all the Pittsburgh folks were down in Georgia where he lived, I said to them, hey, I don't know why I haven't thought about this before. But let's go to a Steelers game. And so later on that year, we went and got a box, a private box at the Steelers game and got a whole bunch of the Robinson family together and Jim's widow, Julie, and Bev and her sister. And just everybody was there. My son, Adam, was able to come along. And we had this amazing time. And what was wild to me is most of these folks were lifelong, just died-in-the-wood Steelers fans who'd never been to a game before, never actually been to a game. And, and Beverly turned to me because you realize you ruined them, right? Their first game is in a box with all kinds of five-course meals. And, you know, we really put it on. Well, while I was there, one thought hit me. And I'm not a guy that typically gets stuck in the past, but it was like, man, Jim Robinson would have loved this. Nobody would have loved this more than him. Having his whole family together, being at a Steelers game, having his daughter there and his son-in-law and his grandson and being there with his whole Pittsburgh family. And I just kept thinking the whole time, oh gosh, he would have loved this. Oh, he would have loved that. He would have loved the food. He would have loved the camaraderie. He would have loved all the jokes, the crack, as we say in Ireland. And that thought just wouldn't leave me alone. And it led to a breakout for me that has become the do it now principle. And I decided from that point on, I wasn't going to wait for different seasons to be right, to have these magic moments. I was going to engage in these magic moments. Be honest with you, I mean, I've gone on a tear, probably too much so, but I had a lot of things on my bucket list and I said, I'm going to do it now. And every hand's turn, I get a chance to do it. I'm going to do it now. And I've been on a tear. The principles I followed is, first of all, to live it up. Gonna live it up. Now, I don't recommend going into debt to do any of these things or whatever else. And you can live it up on the budget you have in the places you have. You know, so I just decided to live it up. I decided to include my crew, family, friends. I'm going to include my crew. And then the third thing, I was going to be present. There was going to be no more regret, no more 
anything like that. I was just going to be present. So live it up, include your crew, be present. And I've been on a journey since then, whether it was our family. I talked about in January how we got into Formula One racing. So we started going to Formula One races. Now, I liked being a spectator at home on my couch. They're typically 7 o'clock in the morning, West Coast time, the F1 races. But no, we went down to Austin as our first one. And not only did we live it up, we did it up. So we got a pass to the pit crew area. We got a table of 10. We brought family and friends in each day. You got to meet the drivers. You had all this. They had great food. And it was a fabulous time. I was like, man, we just did it up. And it was a game-changing experience that led to more. It was like, hey, here comes the Padres. They're in the playoffs. Boom, let's get a bunch of tickets. But let's get seats right down on the ball field. Going to Anna's horse shows in Florida. Well, instead of just sticking at a condo right by the horse show, Bev and I, we got a a fabulous place down on Palm Beach, down on the water, a beautiful suite, just living it up, brought our family in. My sister, her husband, Harry, died last February. And, And not only did we go there to be there for her, to be there for her kids and the family, but we went to a fabulous place and stayed at a, a fabulous place that I've always wanted to stay at right there in Belfast. And we went to see the Titanic and did stuff like that. And even though it was this profound moment of loss and whatever else, it was also special in the memories it was found. And by the way, my sister and her kids got to participate where we stayed, had this fabulous restaurant. It was a beautiful place. And it took them out of the grieving process a little bit and helped them enjoy it. So whether it be the tennis matches or the, you know, okay, Anna's representing the U.S. in Germany. She did that the year before. I didn't go. And now it was like, okay, sorry, sorry, company, sorry, events, sorry, podcasts. I'm going. And we went to Germany to Aachen, which is kind of like if for golfers, it'd be like the masters for horse riding and just did it up and had a great time. And then came back and Beverly's fanatical into tennis. And we went to Wimbledon and brought our two youngest girls, and lived it up in London for five days. Just taking opportunities, whether it's a one-day trip. Okay, the Chargers are playing, and and uh, that was our old team. They moved up to LA, got a bunch of people together, and, and went up there for a day in the family. Boom, just do it now. Live it up. Include your crew. Be present. I've always liked horse racing. I don't know any Irishman who doesn't. And Anna's become very well known because of her Olympic pursuits in equestrian. And she befriended a jockey by the name of Mike Smith. And Mike Smith is a legendary jockey of Zenyatta and Justify. He won the Triple Crown on. He's a legend. And they formed this great friendship. And he's like, hey, come on up to the Breeders' Cup. And I'd love to host you and sit in the box. And next thing you know, here comes Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. And here's the host of NBC's Today Show. And all of these fabulous experiences. I'd been offered to go to that horse race, the Breeders' Cup, half a dozen times. The year before, it was in Dalmar, five minutes from my house, and I didn't go. I didn't go. It was right down the street. Do It Now shook me up, and it woke me up, and it changes my life. I'll be honest with you. One of our vendors gave myself and Dharma tickets to go see U2 in Las Vegas. And I'm going to tell you initially, I told him, I'm just too busy to go. But Dharma and I went. Now, the concept of this, when you do it now, other things happen. This is the part about being present. While we were there, it became inspirational. First of all, we know the lads. You know, they grew up not far from us. Our sister was the masseuse for you two. So to see these lads who grew up in the same neighborhood as us and what they've done in the world and how they've done it. I've been to you two a bunch of times, but here it was around this new technology using this new show. And I was also inspired by how fit the lads were. And it inspired me to go, hang on, I'm going to renew my goals to get fitter and more energetic. And Bono's up there at 63 doing his thing. I'm like, okay, 
I can bring more energy to my seminars, to the podcast, to my business, to my family. And so the do it now will change your life. And that's what it's done for me. Live it up, include your crew, be present. It came at a big price for me, the death of my father-in-law, but it's changed my life forever. When push comes to shove now, I just do it now. I default to do it now. The last part about do it now is what now means, and it means no other way. There's just no other way to live. N-O-W, no other way. So my encouragement to you is to look at all five circles of your life, spiritual, family, business, financial, and personal, and put together a do-it-now list for each one of them. You know, challenge yourself. Have an example of where can you grow spiritually? Maybe in your faith. Maybe it's, it's in your religious disciplines. Maybe it's in giving or serving in your family. What's a do-it-now in your family? Like this Christmas, I put together a beautiful video, and I shared it at Christmas about my wife. I took all these pictures I had assembled since we were dating all the way to today. And I'm not the biggest softy guy in the world like that, but it was a magical moment for the family. It was a do it now for the family. What's a do it now for your business? Is the, is the do it now campaign, is it getting engaged and actually working by referral and getting after it? If that's the case, check it out. You know, check it out. We have it on itsagoodlife.com. See where the do it now campaign is. It's setting records right now of people generating referrals Everybody's crying the blues. Our clients are killing it. So financially, what's it do it now? Is it time to get a budget? Is that do it now? Is it get your finances on an app? Do it now. Is it pay off this credit card? Do it now. What's it do it now? Save for the house. Do it now. What's it do it now? And then personally, is getting yourself in shape physically, getting yourself in shape emotionally. Is it now time to maybe get a counselor? Is it time to get a chef? Is it time to get a personal trainer? Is it time to sign up for a gym? Is it time to go for a walk every morning? Is it time 45 minutes a day to sweat? What can you do? That's the five circles. What do you need to do in no other way? Just make a start, right? I always say it starts with 10-day goals. Now, the reason this particular episode was chosen for the 6th of February is that the 8th of February is normally the day when people set goals and New Year's resolutions that they stop. So we want to get you before you think about quitting. If you've dropped off, if you've gotten off the wagon already, Set some 10-day goals in each of the five circles and get after it. Don't become a statistic. We want you to be amongst the 8% that start the year with goals and finish them. And so we want you not just to be the goal setter. We want you to be the goal getter. Make a start. And then lastly, in no other way, is live an on-purpose life. You know, there was a great book written called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. It's just important that you know, to the degree that you know what your gifts are, the degree you know what your calling is, and it takes a lot of silence to get there. Live an on-purpose life. Know what you do and why you're doing it. For me, I keep the good life stories that you'll see on the Buffini Company website. That's the reason I do what I do, is I want to grow the business, sure. like to get compensated, for sure. I want to create opportunity for my staff, for sure. But the reason I've been doing this for 28 years is the stories of transformed lives. I was here, now I'm here. That's why at every event I share those stories or those videos. I share it with my family because that's our collective purpose as a family. Mark Twain says the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and then the day you find out why. Clement Stone said, definite of purpose is the starting point of all achievements. And then Pericles said, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. So we talked about the procrastination principles, the magic moments, and no other way. 
I hope this has been beneficial to you. It's February 6th. We know what it means in the world of coaching. When people got off to a good start, this is sometimes when they flag. If someone got off to a failed start, this is where they get a chance to start again. If you find yourself at any point in time not in the do it now mindset, set goals for the next 10 days. Look at your wish list. Look at your magic moments and go do something. That's just a magic moment. Plan on it. Look forward to it and then enjoy it. Live it up. Be present. Bring your crew along with you. Let me tell you, I had to learn this lesson the hard way, but it's changed my life. I've been a goal setter for 37, 38 years, but my goals have come to life in a way like never before. This podcast today is dedicated to the memory of Jim Robinson, the man who was a mentor, father-in-law, grandfather, great-grandfather, and a great American. And it's in his passing, he changed my life. And hopefully this information can change your life as well. I'm going to leave it off here today to Mr. David Lally. I think he wants to share a few comments from some of you on what the It's a Good Life podcast is doing for you. You've been a busy man, Brian. It's great to see. Uh, hard to keep up with your travels these days, uh, along with all the work. And it's inspiring others too. A gentleman called Nick, 349731 on Apple Podcasts. Nick, I know that's not your last name, but he left us a fantastic message. I love Brian's podcast, specifically the focus on mindset for high achievers and people who are constantly pushing themselves to be better. As someone who's faced depression in the past and turned it around, I can say that Brian's show will empower you with uplifting and actionable content that'll help you feel better immediately. Five stars. Thanks, Nick, for the great review. If you'd like to leave one for us, do so right here on the app. We love hearing from you and it helps us guide the content. In the meantime, here's Brian's mum, Therese, to send us off. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. (laughs) 